This comment was part of a discussion in my Facebook group. I had bariatric surgery, and now my food issues have become alcohol issues. Well, this happens, and it's called transfer addiction. Psychologist Dr. Connie Stapleton, who specializes in bariatric surgery, she's with me to explain transfer addiction, how you can prevent it, and what to do if it happens. Don't you go anywhere. Looking to change up your vitamin routine? ProCare has a new multivitamin soft chew that comes with three delicious fruit flavors. With flexible dosing, you can accommodate your whole family's vitamin needs, and it even includes iron. Paired with calcium chews and our new protein powder. Visit ProCareNow.com and use code SUSAN10 to save 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, and today I'm excited to share that this is the 100th episode. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me every single week. I love bringing this podcast to you, and I hope you always benefit that you get the answers you're looking for. I'm so glad you're listening. And joining me today is Atlanta-based psychologist, Dr. Connie Stapleton. You already know that Dr. Connie has vast experience in the mental health aspects of bariatrics. She gets right to the core of the issues, which I love, and today she's doing that with transfer addiction. She always shares practical ways for you to improve your relationships with food, with other people, but most importantly, with yourself. Remember, you can find the links in the show notes to Dr. Connie's website, complete with all of her resources, as well as her podcast called Barry Aftercare. Hey, Dr. Connie, um, thanks for joining me. You know what? I'm really happy that you're here for my 100th episode. (laughs) Congratulations. It's very exciting to be here with you, and I'm super excited for you. You've got a great, great podcast, and I love your newsletter, too. I just have to say that. Thank you so much. You know, my goal has always been to put out that information that people are just not getting and that they need. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And, and today, one of those topics is another one. You know, transfer addiction is a term that most people, even medical professionals, haven't heard of. So I want to dive right in and start with the basics. Exactly what is transfer addiction? Well, the simple way to describe transfer addiction is if you're using one substance or behavior to avoid reality or take away unpleasant feelings or just not feel at all. And then you quit that behavior and all of a sudden you're doing something else, usually equally unhealthy. So a lot of people go from food to alcohol or cigarettes to food, from cigarettes to food to food to alcohol or gambling or a lot of other things. It's substituting One way of shutting off your emotions or dealing with stressful situations in life, finding another way that does the same thing for you. So how common is transfer addiction after weight loss surgery? I'll tell you what, it's a lot more common than people in the medical profession believe it is. And as far as giving you a number, I can't say. But if you talk to patients, they will tell you it is it is quite common that, that, and it sneaks up on people. I have a friend who, who went from one to the other, to the other, to the other, 
after surgery, not realizing what was going on with her until she got into a lot of legal trouble and then retrospectively looked at, wow, I just used, I was using food for years and then it was alcohol and then that was getting me in trouble and then it was gambling. And that got me into a lot of trouble because it led to financial difficulty, which ended up in legal trouble. So I'm thinking about this comment posted in my Facebook group. It was about alcohol as the issue after weight loss Mm -hmm. or the transfer addiction. Is alcohol common and is it the most common one or are there others that are more common, say, than alcohol? No, I would say alcohol is the most common and there's a biological reason for that too because after surgery, the body absorbs alcohol at a much quicker rate than prior to having bariatric surgery. So after surgery, one alcoholic beverage, whether it's a 12-ounce beer, a 5-ounce glass of wine, which is not very much wine, or one and a half ounces of liquor, it's three times that in your body. So if you have one beer, you feel like you've had three. If you have a glass of wine, you feel like you've had three. So alcohol has tripled the effect on the body because of the different way it's absorbed. It's almost instantaneous. And within five minutes of an alcoholic beverage after surgery, people are legally intoxicated, meaning people can get a DUI after one glass of wine. Yeah. And and notice what you said after just a few minutes. So it's not at all the breakdown absorption that you might be used to. And and typically it's in place of food. And I I can't think of the podcast number off the top of my head, but I do have a podcast about this, about food and and alcohol and what that's going to do to you. So you can always go back and just search on the website, breakingdownnutrition.com, go to the podcast and search alcohol, because I do talk about food versus alcohol and exactly what you're what you're saying. And it's scary. If you're not aware this is going to happen, oh right. my goodness. And you're like, what is wrong with me? Yes. You're drunk people, fast. Yeah, <laughs> people aren't aware, you know? A lot of times they're not aware. So I make sure every time I do a pre-surgical evaluation, I make that very clear to people because it takes them by surprise. I think so. And often they're told, hey, just don't drink alcohol or no alcohol for a long time or right. no alcohol, you know, ever. But there, it's never said because you're going to get drunk really quick on a really small amount. And that's, that's right. critical to know to protect yourself and others. It's really, really important. It is. So I'm, and I I'm so glad. You, the worst thing I've seen after, after weight loss surgery is alcohol addiction because it, it just takes a toll on the body so, so quickly. Okay. So we know it's metabolized quickly into the bloodstream quickly, can make you drunk super quick. But what is it that makes a person more susceptible to transfer addiction? Mm, That's a very good question. If a person has a family history of any kind of addiction, then they are more susceptible to an addiction following surgery because what they might not realize is that food may have been an addiction for them because for some people, there can be a psychological and or a biological addiction to food. So what I mean by that is if person is if a person is an emotional eater and they are really a strong emotional eater in other words anytime they feel an unpleasant emotion they're eating that's a psychological addiction I want food to take away how I feel a biological addiction would be more like if I eat sugar I crave sugar and I can't stop eating sugar 
I get a food fog. I can't, it, it's just, I have to have more and more and more and more. That would be more of a biological addiction. I'm going to ask a couple, ask you a couple of questions for my group that I know sure. that they want to know. So I'm going to start with, okay, so you're spot on. I have these histories in my family of addictions. What then can I do to prevent this from ever happening to me? <laughs> so first of all, understanding addiction a little better. Addiction itself is like a big umbrella. So addiction is addiction, and each spoke on an umbrella can represent a different addiction. So one might be nicotine, one might be cocaine, one spike might be a sex addiction or a pornography addiction, another one might be food, another one might be alcohol. So just, you know, because you shut down one of those things, your brain is still craving a substance or behavior to ease that dopamine fix. And that's why if you have the disease of addiction along with the disease of obesity and you go into surgery, the surgeon is treating the disease of obesity and you come out of there with an active addiction that you may or may not be aware that you had. And so your brain is still seeking relief from this. And so a lot of times people will start gambling or shopping. Shopping is another big one after surgery, as is hooking up with strangers. And that's one's not talked about because it's not a very pretty topic. But there are a lot of other transfer addictions that happen. But addiction is addiction. So what do you do? So you How do you prevent it? You, you ha if you don't know you have an addiction going in, because people sometimes don't understand that their use of food is very similar to their their mother's use of alcohol. So right? wait, say that again. I think what you just said right there is super important. Yeah, some people don't food. realize that the way they use food is the exact same way their mother or father or grandfather used alcohol. It's a different substance, but it's an addiction. So if you have that addiction, you know, and you don't realize that food is an addiction, you're in big trouble because you're likely to seek out another one. If you have the knowledge ahead of time that you think you might be dealing with a food addiction, then you've got to treat both your disease of obesity and your disease of, of addiction. And that's a whole different ballgame. So you have to read books like Food Junkies by Dr. Vera Tarman, or I wrote a book called Weight Loss Surgery Does Not Treat Food Addiction. So you treat addiction and obesity very differently. And you have to find a therapist who understands addiction, or you need to attend OA meetings or any kind of support group meetings for addiction. So I can hear some of our group might be saying, ooh, Dr. Connie, you're spot on. I think this might sound just like me. So I hear what you're saying. I'm thinking about, okay, food can be like the alcohol or drugs or whatever to my other family members. I'm hearing some of the books you're talking about. Is this really, um, Dr. Connie, a multi-prong thing? In other words, you can read the books, but do they always make you accountable? Do they bring the change? Or do you want to read the books and then 
be in a group or read the books yes. and have a counselor and be in a group. See you, where I'm going? Yeah. What's the yeah. best of it's that? multi-pronged. Absolutely. A book isn't going to fix it for you. It'll help you understand maybe sure. what's going on. You and bet. then you can do something about it. But you need either group support like Celebrate Recovery or Smart Recovery or the 12-step programs. Uh, there's an online service that has meetings all day long where you can get support. Um, but you absolutely cannot treat addiction. Most people cannot do it by themselves. You know, it's a, it's a, I, it's just like having a support group for your bariatric surgery. You want people who've been down the road with you. There's a 12 step group I started on Facebook called Bariatric 12 Step Recovery. So it's for people who have food addiction and or any other addictions, but have had weight loss surgery. Great. So if they go to your website and when I put the link in the show notes, they can find information on that, right? Yes, absolutely. So as we wrap up with all this being said, if if someone is thinking, oh my gosh, this is happening to me right now. I knew Mm -hmm. it. And I'm feeling like I'm going, you know, losing control or I'm going to be a failure with my surgery. What would be the number one takeaway that you want to leave us with right now and, and the, the best course of action right now? The best course of action would to be to get online and find a group. Find a group of any kind of addiction because you will get information on where to go. But you can find on Google all kinds of places to get started. In your area, find a therapist who specializes in addiction. All therapists have their their, you know, qualifications and their specialties online now. Do not ignore this because it will lead from one problem to another, to another, to another. And you want to get, you want to get treatment for your obesity and you want to get treatment for your addiction. Thank you, Dr. Connie. That really clear and really helpful. I always appreciate your time. I always appreciate the information you bring to us. Thanks. You're so welcome. And thank you. And congratulations again on your 100th episode. Uh, Thank you. So just remember, Dr. Connie will be back. So if you have questions for her, the next time she's here, just contact me through my website, breakingdownnutrition.com. You'll see contact us at the top of the page. You can also post your question in the private Facebook group called Bariatric Surgery Success with dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell. So come on and join us if you haven't already, or just hit reply to one of the newsletters. I'll read that email when it comes in. Let's get our focus in the right place. And that is to take care of you because you're worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.